we have work to to do, and um, and we have a great vision which is before us, and and uh, and I hope that everybody will will uh, come together in the best tradition of what is CWS and and uh, and breathe new life into into that vision. I can um, see me. Yeah. I'll be the eyes so that I just can be. This is another episode of a special series called Enough for All of the podcast Walk, Talk, Listen. This series sheds light on 75 years of an NGO called CWS. My name is Mirit Bloom and I welcome you to another episode of Walk, Talk, Listen. part two of a conversation I had with the President Emeritus of CWS, John McCullough. And we continue where we left off, which means listening to John's experiences and views about an organization that he led for more than 20 years. When I look at Church World Service, I think this organization started in 1946 as a U.S. Christian organization and and, uh, tried to work ecumenically. And now I think it has evolved into a global interfaith organization. Mm-hmm. If I say that, um, you know, uh, would you agree? And if so, uh, why? And if you don't agree with, with my observation and, and statement, uh, can you also explain why? Well, I, I think I, I definitely agree that the organization has evolved uh, from an ecumenical organization. Um, but I think it still is very much an ecumenical organization. Um, I think it's also interfaith, uh, but I think it's more than that. Uh, and and I think that that's part of, um, you know, I think uh, while it may not might not have been as as uh, transparent um, back in 1946 um, when the organization started, and you know, uh, because I mean, basically, you know, you're talking about uh, shipping a lot of material resource. Uh, from the U.S. Uh, to, especially to, to uh, Western Europe, to Italy and France, um, uh, and eventually to Japan. But um, a, a lot of those goods actually came from churches. Churches did the collections, and I can even remember, you know, when I first started my ministry of, you know, I mean, the the church halls, the the fellowship hall was, the stage was always packed with with. Um, with clothing that was going to be shipped somewhere, uh, so um, so I mean I think in those early days you really could put a much stronger ecumenical branding um, on the work. I think over time um, CWS has become uh, a bit more interfaith, but I think that's that's a, a later development. I don't think that really happens so much until until really frankly, the 2000s, I think, is when that really uh, began to take root, and not so much because we chose it as CWS, but as much as I think it is sort of the nature of partnerships and networking um, that um, agencies like Churchill Service uh, need to to be a part of. But but when I say it, it's really more than just ecumenical and to faith, I think it's 
that has everything to do with the crop hunger walk. <laughs> because what the crop hunger walk did was, was it created a space uh, for not only local churches and civic organizations, but anybody, whether they chose a faith context or not, um, but whose values aligned uh, around issues of hunger and poverty in particular, it gave them a space uh, in which they could give expression to their concerns. So the history of, of the crop hunger walkers is that um, it's a tremendous eclectic um, of a national population. Uh, and, and, and CWS has valued that. Um, so I think, you know, when you really peel back the layers of this organization, you really see that. Uh, and you see it not only in terms of the crop hunger walkers, you see it in the staffing. Uh, and, uh, and it also is visible even within the context of governance now. So um, it's, it's, it's ecumenical and, and interfaith, but it's also more than that. If I would ask you to come up with a song that would, um, you know, if you think about church world ser service and what it is about, is that a song that comes to mind? You know, when you say, "Hey, if I listen to this song, it 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 goes, yeah, it it tells me something about this organization, or it I get the same type of feeling about what we need to do or why we were established." Yeah, you know, uh, I mean, one of the songs um, uh, that uh, historically has been important to me is um, is Marvin Gaye's "What's Going On," uh, and um, because I think it really sort of represents um, the everyday person, um, really taking a, a closer look at 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 um, sort of the dynamics and and seeing uh, what's what seems to be wrong or what seems to be very questionable uh, and um, raising it up uh, to say, hey, you know. Um, uh, so that certainly is, is one. Uh, <laughs> there's another one uh, that came out, I don't know, uh, maybe it was a decade or 15 years ago. I'm not sure the, the timing of it. I'm just thinking about secular music and probably revealing probably my prejudice for African-American music, I don't know, but, but uh, Bill Withers' uh, Lovely Day uh, is another one. Uh, and um, because, because it speaks about, it does speak about hope, you know, that, um, you know, e even, even though, I mean, w you know, we may be living in the midst of, of a world that feels very chaotic and, and uh, confusing at times, um, that there is, there is still good out there. Uh, and and so how one chooses to sort of approach that day makes a huge difference uh, in terms of in terms of um, the outcome by the end of the day. So you know that's something that is uh, uh, particularly uh, important to me. Um, yeah, I mean there you know there are songs of of faith uh, that um, that I have leaned on, but uh, I am. Uh, I'm really more of a Ba-oriented person. You know, I, I like music that is very calming uh, and um, doesn't try to tell me what my thoughts ought to be, doesn't put the words in my head, 
um, but allows me to feel my own emotions uh, and my own sense of peace. Uh, and um, and it's not intrusive and, and it, it allows me to, to work through a thought process. Um, so that's probably not a, the kind of answer you were looking for, but it's no, that's it kind of where yeah. I am with yeah. music. Music is very important. It's always been very important to me, but but uh, I like music that reaches deep, deep into my subconscious. Let let us dig a little bit more in your subconscious, and you know <laughs> if if. Uh... If I would ask you, what do you like about the work of Church World Service? Well, one of the things that I really, really like about Church World Service is that this is an organization that is infused with people who actually care about the things that we do. I, I honestly believe that we have very, very few uh, people in this organization that are doing this work because they just need a job. Um, I, I believe that most, most everybody, if not in fact everybody is here because they believe in the mission of the organization. And I, I think that I've felt that from the very beginning um, of my tenure and throughout the years. Uh, and, and so I think that's incredibly unique. Uh, and and so I've, I've oftentimes, you know, have said to to others that, um, you know, the nature of the staffing of this organization is such that if CWS uh, were to go out of business this afternoon, um, our staff would still be doing the same kind of work. They would be finding a different place to do the same kind of work by tomorrow morning, mm. you know, uh, and, and it's just because this is, I think, people here are wired that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so I, I think that's, I just think that's really different. Um, so, you know, that's to me is, is a great learning and a, a great uh, sense of uh, blessing, I think, mm -hmm. uh, uh, when it comes to relating uh, to, to this organization. I, I like the fact that, um, that, um, we have, for the most part, the freedom to make the decision about where we most need to be in terms of responding to human vulnerability. You know, that I think in, you know, uh, probably many organizations of this kind, there's a very specific body of work or approach or methodology that has to be employed. Uh, and so you have to stick to that framework. Um, but this organization invites the imagination and innovation. Uh, and, and, so, and so new ideas can emerge uh, from any place within the organization. Uh, and it may be introduced on a very small scale initially, uh, but then it becomes something that can be examined more closely and a, a decision can be made 
uh, as to whether or not we ought to really expand upon it. To me, that's that's very exciting uh, to to be in that kind of a, a place. It it also can make it very challenging because, you know, um, you can end up trying to do too many things, um, and and so you really sort of exhaust your resources or you take away the focus of the of the organization uh, because you're pointing in, in too many different directions. And so, but then we also have the ability to sort of reel things back in when we do feel like we've overextended ourselves uh, as an organization. But, you know, CWS is able to be in a lot of different places um, and it's, and, and it's, and, and, and it's right on time. I find that to be um, again, something which is very exciting about, uh, about this organization uh, and invigorating. Yeah, I would like to I'd like to talk a little bit about um, the brand uh, churchful of, of uh, the brand churchful service or CWS, John. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, crop hunger walks and um, still very success, successful, but you know that our supporters um, are still you know more senior, and uh, you know we we are trying to figure out how can we attract this younger audience, mm-hmm. and as part of the the you know. Of this, I think it's part of the 75 years of, um, you know, celebrating what we have done well, but also looking forward is, you know, do we need to make certain changes? And and as part of that brand exercise, we also have looked at, as you know, at a possible name change. And I would like to talk about that, that particular name change. Um, Because especially the word church seems to be you know, sometimes creating a challenge for us, especially with this younger audience. Now, yeah, I would like to hear from you. What's your opinion about, you know, the organization looking at the possible name change? And again, I'm not saying that we will, but just, yeah, take me, take us a little bit through your thinking process about how you approach this in terms of you know, how can churchful service continue to be effective, continue to do its mission? And uh, should we be looking at, uh, you know, if we need to change our name in order to continue to be effective? Well, I, I mean, I think, you know, the, the name of an organization uh, is certainly very important. And, and um, it, 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 I mean, it needs to be something that people really resonate with. That they're drawn to, and and you know certainly the name Churchill Service was born of an era in which um, the role of churches was very very much in the forefront um, of certainly within the United States, but not just in the U.S. But you know if you just take the context of the U.S., um, I mean it was sort of that prevailing culture of the nation. You know everybody was expected to be connected, you know, with a church or with congregational life, um, a religious life. I mean, that was something which was very important. And so, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, not only church will service, but you look at, you know, Jewish world service, it, it would be another example of that in which it was very important to, to really sort of make that statement uh, about who you are as an organization. And, and, so we had a natural 
a natural audience that was that was tuned into CWS. Uh, and um, um, but I, you know, I mean, over the course of of now seven decades, things have changed. Uh, and so, you know, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I totally bought into the U.S. becoming more of a secular society because I think that there's, you know, there are still very strong spiritual and religious tones in in the country, but they don't necessarily lend themselves effectively towards the more organized um, church reality. Uh, and and with the emergence of the coronavirus, uh, that uh, I think threatens that infrastructure even more. Um, so um, what will unfold in the years to come remains to be seen, but I don't see us getting back to that time in which, you know, on Sunday morning at 9 a.m., you know, the typical American family is, you know, all walking out the door with children in hand, all in their Easter best clothing and going to the neighborhood church. I just don't see that that becoming um, the reality. So, so it, it it does sort of beg the question of whether or not the name church world service is as relevant. It is as attractive, uh, and it, I I mean I think it's so it certainly is a very powerful name. But I think um, just as it can attract, uh, it can cause people to decide that. They don't want to be a part of it. I mean, if, unless you unless you have the opportunity to sit down with them and explain to them what it is. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I, I think I think that you know, uh, for church service, um, I think the opportunity is there to really sort of investigate um, whether or not there is an alternative uh, that can be offered that would also be powerful. Uh, for the current context. And you know, I don't necessarily feel as though, you know, what we need to do is to say, if we're gonna change the name that we're buying that name for 75 years, you know, who knows how the world will change 25 years from now or 50 years from now, you may once again need to go through that, that exercise uh, because, because where people are is, is, is in a different space. And, and I know, you know, that, you know, for, as people who are traditionalists, and, and to a certain extent, I am a tr traditionalist. You know, they say, "Well, no, no, no. You, you, you hang on to that identity," uh, and uh, uh, and and convince people that um, it still is relevant. Uh, but um, but I, I mean, I, I think that it's I think it's a worthy exercise mm -hmm. for the organization to to explore other possibilities, and I I think it's also a natural part. Of, of changing one's self understanding from being a US-based organization to the world to truly becoming a global organization. And so if you look at the name through the lens of people outside of the US, do they see the same thing? Mm -hmm. And I know there are some places where they definitely would say we see the same thing, mm -hmm. you know, but, but I think there are other places in which they clearly would say they don't. Uh, I, I know of many places that I've traveled to on behalf of CWS in which um, uh, church is, is a, just as a non-starter, as mm -hmm. a concept, uh, because the government doesn't allow it. You know, it's not built into the mentality of the population at large. I mean, so, you know, so uh, whereas in other places, they could never 
foresee anything other than something like church will service. I mean, mm-hmm. to, to them, that would be an imperative. So it's 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 a it's sort of a tricky process, but I think it's a good exercise for the organization to go through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know I would I would like to come back to two words that you use. I, I consider myself as a traditionalist because that kind of that even puts a question mark for me um, because I think uh, you know we know each other now for twenty years worked very uh, closely for eleven is that you know you force your your colleagues um, to question you know, um, at a regular basis, if, if what we are doing is still the right thing to do. And in that process, you ask or you demand from your colleagues and from yourself to listen really deeply or carefully mm-hmm. to uh, people who are involved in that process. Um, so how do you link those two, th- you know, on the one hand, you're saying, I, I consider myself as a traditionalist, and I know you as a person that you know, is not afraid to come up with, you know, doing things differently or to take a stand or, um, yeah, could you maybe elaborate a little bit on that? I, I do believe that uh, tradition is important. Um, I, I think, you know, there, you know, I, I, you know, I, I think a number of times uh, in our conversation have lifted up the, the concept of values and, and, uh, and, and principles, you know, that there are, you know, those really sort of make up the, that that uh, skeletal infrastructure that really holds an organization together. It's what uh, matter that really makes the difference and how it, it is enfleshed beyond that will always be a variable. So I think it's important to be tuned into to the traditions um, that have been of importance to you. So for me, again, you know, a a faith context is part of my tradition mm-hmm. uh, and and it doesn't mean that I buy into everything you know that um, in my case the United Methodist Church says but there are there are fundamentals there you know that that I hold on to uh, and 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 they influence um, virtually every decision that I make mm-hmm. uh, and and so you know uh, I think history matters, uh, and uh, so, you know, I I don't believe that it's important to to live in the past, but I think it's very important to understand the past. Uh, and um, when I was um, a college student, I, you know, there uh, was a little saying that I had, which was, um, "The past informs the present, which directs the future." Um, so I, I think, um, you know, it's it's important to be connected. Uh, with with um, with with that past, with those traditions, uh, and to understand how they correlate to where you are in the moment, uh, and um, and where you think you might be heading into the future. So so to me, they're not. It's not a it's not a contradiction uh, to to speak about tradition while at the same time being innovative. Uh, I I I I believe that um, uh, that. Uh, we are called, all of us are called to be um, 
uh, creatures of, of um, what I would call God's good creation. And, you know, and, you know, I, I'm not one that would say, well, you know, it was all made in, in, in six days and on the seventh day God rested and that was it. And everything that happens thereafter is just a simple recast of what happened in the first six days. No, I, I believe that, okay, six days, God rested, but then guess what? Monday rolled around, you know, and God got back, got back to work. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so, um, uh, and, 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 and so I think the same thing applies, you know, uh, in our human context. And certainly I, that's how I sort of see it in my own life, you know, that, um, you know, I, I need to keep my, my eyes and my ears and my, my other senses open uh, to, to how the world around me has changed, uh, and to what I may need to respond to, and 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 understand, and and I need to understand that that how I respond to those challenges today um, will necessarily be different from the way in which I would have responded to similar things in the past, because my tools and my resources are simply different. You know, uh, I mean, when when I grew up, you know, I was sitting in front of a little black and white TV and, you know, uh, and uh, had what, maybe two or three channels, you know, uh, and now, you know, you you meet anybody on the street and you talk about television and they say, oh, did you see this show? Did you see that? Or, you know, or, you know, have you listened to this podcast? And, you know, I mean, they just, I mean, it just, you know, and it's like, no, I'm an overload. There's far too much stuff, you know, <laughs> that's going on. So, so, so I then have to be, I have to innovate um, differently, you know, than I would have back in, in 1955 to where we are now. It's just is different. So I think, I don't think innovation and tradition um, uh, uh, necessarily contradict each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. I think it's just important to, to be connected to both, to understand that there are some things that are very fundamental to who you are as a person, to your system of beliefs, to the principles by which you stand, uh, which govern your life. Uh, and, and then that's balanced by, uh, by an awareness uh, that you know the world has in fact changed. The world of churchful service is very, very different today than it was in 1946. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, it was, I mean, it was during my tenure that we finally declared that World War II was over. It mm-hmm. took a long time for us, <laughs> for mm-hmm. us to finally say, okay, let's put this behind us and let's begin to embrace what is ahead of us. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, the CWS of today is, is, is not the CWS of 1946. It's, it, it really is a different organization, but there are some fundamentals mm-hmm. you know, that still remain. I feel that um, uh, it will be important for CWS uh, to expand the table um, of, of those who participate in this work, I think with greater intentionality. Um, while you know, membership as, as an example, primarily takes the shape of, of church bodies. Um, uh, I hope that uh, CWS will will choose to um, 
to find other entities um, that um, are uh, equally important um, and create space for them at the table. Uh, because I think, you know, the kinds of issues that um, our world face um, are of such a magnitude uh, that it really is going to take um, uh, uh, quite a different construct uh, than uh, that which has really sort of driven this organization, you know, over the past um, 74 years, mm -hmm. if you will. Um, so um, I, I, I do think that's going to be very, very important. I, I don't think that's just going to happen overnight, but I think there has to be intentionality uh, to try to make that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, and I think understanding uh, it, uh, see that as a grassroots movement. Uh, and, um, you know, there are a lot of brilliant young people out there, you know, who really do care about changing the world. Uh, and, um, and we need to listen uh, to them uh, and, um, uh, and invite, you know, their participation, mm -hmm. uh, trust uh, their participation. Uh, it doesn't mean that we set everybody else aside, but I, I, but I think we need, to, we need to be very intentional about, uh, about bringing them in. Uh, and uh, giving them, making sure that they have a, a place at the table uh, to really help uh, shape um, this work. So, I mean, for me, it goes well beyond the, the, the naming. I think that's a part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, but, um, uh, you know, uh, the branding of it is probably more important because <laughs> mm -hmm. it's the branding, you know, that distinct from the name, it's the branding or setting of the, the context and the culture of the organization that's going to draw people in. Uh, and keep them there. Uh, and as long as they feel as though this is a viable place in which, you know, their ideas, um, are, you know, and, and their participation is respected uh, and, um, and they can see the evidence of, of the contributions that, that they can and have made, um, then, then, um, then their investment will be much deeper and we need it. You know, uh, I think the challenges of, of, um, of, uh, Global migration and 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 and, um, and climate change um, are really um, going to be enormous, uh, and um, I think you know the enormity of them right now um, is frightening. But I think I think it's the reality is that is that the challenges are going to increase, not decrease, uh, and so um, I think. Uh, that CWS has recognized this. Um, to me, I like to think that that recognition is also spirit-led, uh, and and if it is, then then the organization is definitely in the right place. But it needs to be patient enough. It needs to be intentional. It needs to be patient, uh, and um, to see things through. Uh, it's because these are not issues that are going to be resolved overnight. Um, everything that CWS has worked on over the course of these past 74 years, none of them have been resolved overnight. Mm -hmm. um, they, they all take time. Thank you, John, for, sh for sharing that. I mean, looking definitely efficient, you know, uh, looking forward which which will be important for for this organization let us look back for for the, for a bit and can you share maybe an anecdote or an experience which best describes your time with cws well one of, i think one of the 
probably one of the most important uh, times for me was when I uh, went to uh, to Bosnia, uh, and um, you know the the um, our country director, you know, took me through Sniper Alley, and we had a chance to talk to some people in terms of their experience of living through the Bosnian war. And, and when was this, uh, Joe? Was that with, with Fiteli Forona still? Yes, uh, yes. So that probably was um, maybe around, uh, maybe 2002 or 2003, right around mm -hmm. that time from, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, we, we went, um, you know, after, surveilling sort of the urban area, we, we drove well out into the countryside. Uh, and, um, and he took me to what had been a very small village uh, and uh, largely deserted. Uh, and um, uh, it was a very cold uh, winter day. Uh, fortunately, there was no snow on the ground, but, uh, but it was extremely frigid. Uh, and uh, so we came to this uh, little camp uh, and um, as we were approaching, I remember seeing a, a U.S. Army Humvee, uh, a couple of guys sort of sitting behind the brush, trying not to be obvious, but they were definitely there. Uh, and uh, but we uh, went up to the villagers and and uh, and met them. There was a group of about thirty people, uh, and um, and so they, you know, they described um, what the war was like for them. Uh, and um, and pointed uh, to a valley just um, a little bit, maybe you know, a thousand feet beyond where we were standing, and and a hill, a valley, and then a hill that went up the other side, and and so they began to talk about, um, you know, how um, they were victimized, uh, and uh, when uh, in this case the Serbian army had come in. Um, they told them that um, their village was going to be destroyed, uh, and uh, but they uh, would be given one last opportunity to flee, and so they were directed to run down into the valley and to and to uh, climb that uh, slope and and to make their escape, uh, and so that's what many of them did, uh, and as they made their incline up the slope. Um, the army opened fire uh, and killed them. It was uh, a massacre that unfolded in that space. Um, the, the people that I talked to were the survivors uh, and they had made a decision that they were going to, they were not going to allow that to be the end of the story of their village they returned to reclaim it. Um, and so um, they felt that it was important for them to get through the winter. And so they were trying to see if there was a way that they could construct a building large enough to shield them from the weather, um, after which they thought they could make it. Uh, and um, so um, they asked me if it was possible to help. Uh, and um, 
feeling the cold that was searing through my whole body from how cold it was there. Um, and um, seeing one man who was laying on a cot wrapped in a CWS blanket and knowing that that surely wasn't gonna be enough. Um, I heard one of them say, you know, if we can just, if we can just find some materials to build a house, you know, that we can fit into, we can make it. And so um, my country director knew exactly what I was going to say in that moment and uh, tried to dissuade me from saying anything, but I said it anyway. And I said, um, well, I think we can help. Uh, we will, will provide you with the materials so that you can build a house because they said they, they had the skills to do it. They just didn't have the materials to work with. Uh, and, so, and so my country director said, well, we don't build houses. And I said, well, we do now. Uh, and, and so um, from there, um, we, we did, we, we provided them with the resources uh, and uh, they built a house uh, to get them through the winter. And from there, they began the process of rebuilding their village. Um, uh, that was a very, very powerful uh, moment uh, for me. And I think uh, for CWS and it, that became the foundation uh, for an expansion of our work in Bosnia uh, and uh, Bosnia Herzegovina uh, and uh, into Serbia, uh, into Georgia. I mean, there's that whole region of Eastern Europe um, uh, and our work with the Roma. Uh, that, all of that came out of that moment mm -hmm. uh, in which um, here was this little community that, that refused to allow a massacre of their compatriots uh, to be the end of their story uh, and the partnership the CWS had with them uh, that uh, became a transforming uh, presence and influence. Very important story. And I was also wondering that that uh, you know when you understand more about how uh, CWS works around the world, um, you know you see that it really tries to look at the context, right? So and and as a result, you know in in a region, a certain region, they might we might do different things than in another region uh, because the need is different, because of history, because of context, and. And people who don't know us necessarily sometimes think the initial impression is that, oh, you know, they all do different things. You know, that where is the, you know, uh, the, the unity or something? But you need to dig deeper to see that I, I think, and I don't, I would like to hear your point of view there, that, you know, because of the partnership motif and the grassroots elements, that's where you see the similarities between the different uh, interventions around the world and the collaborations. Um, so, you know, there are certain things maybe you don't see initially um, when you look at it straight at all our work around the world, but you will see them when you do a little bit more digging. CWS is an organization that has multiple cultures. <laughs> uh, and, um, and, and I think that's it. I mean, ultimately, I think that's a good thing. Mm. Um, and I mean, people might think initially that if you have multiple cultures, it means um, that there isn't any real synergy. Um, but 
but but actually there is like as you've indicated once you dig a little bit deeper um you know you what what you find is is a common base of values mm -hmm. um and and that's what ties people together so so for example i mean in terms of the you know the sort of the work in in south america there was the sao paulo uh, process um mm -hmm. you know and so you know it, it called for a sort of a very different kind of mentality in which uh, there was a, a consciousness of of how U.S. foreign policy, uh, in certainly in, in terms of the perception of, of Central and South America, uh, uh, was very unfair and 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 um, and, and uh, unnecessarily uh, dominating, uh, mm -hmm. and and didn't respect um, the level of intellect. Um, that was resident amongst uh, the native peoples of, of Central and South America and, mm -hmm. and their ability to to determine what was in their best interest. And, you know, then you, you sort of, you know, contrast that with with Africa that was moving through a post-colonial period in which, um, you know, there were lots of, of um, revolutions, if you, if you will, uh, uh, and... Uh, uh, to sort of de dethrone the European um, uh, colonialists, uh, and um, uh, and and yet at the same time, as the Europeans were being sort of forced out of power in Africa, you you ended up having um, a number of of uh, emerging uh, dictators uh, in in Africa that uh, felt as though you know their the success of of their of their new independence was predicated on self-preservation as as leaders of the country, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and and so it it, it didn't necessarily respect uh, the the people, and so you had to deal with a whole different power base uh, in that setting. I uh, mean, you just really sort of go from one region to the next, um, and and you'll I mean you just see a lot of those differences you know that were at, at play. Uh, so um, so. It's certainly a variety of, of, of cultural difference um, within the organization. But at the end of the day, um, the values of, of a commitment to human rights, uh, to uh, fundamental beliefs that uh, people uh, should have um, the opportunity to live in a stable community, uh, to be able to uh, become self-sufficient, um, and uh, in terms of in terms of their employment, uh, that they should have access to good quality health, that they should be able to to sustain their families with good food and and access to clean water, um, that they should be able to feel a, a sense of safety. I mean, all of these are you know these are basic things, you know, that regardless of of what the sort of the prevailing dynamics, cultural dynamics, you know, from one region to the next, whether it was in Asia or in, in the southern Southern Asia as opposed to East, East Asia as opposed to Southern Asia or, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, it's just regardless of, of, of those factors, um, there was there are certain fundamentals, you know, that um, that CWS was committed to. That's what really sort of created a sense of unity. But you, you really had to sort of peel back a lot of layers to get mm -hmm. there. Uh, just sort of see that. I 
I, you know, a, a word that that um, is is used already quite a lot is is justice. Um, I, I would like to ask you, you know, if and 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 rightly so, and think thankfully, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter is is uh, is very much a, a current issue, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I I would like to ask you. If you if you think about uh, the role of CWS in fighting injustice and especially racial injustice, and we look at the organization in the last seventy five years, how did we do as an organization? And of course, there are always things that you know we should have done better, and maybe some things we, we did well. Um, but if you look now at, back at seventy five years, and part of those seventy five years, you were part of it as well. How do you think Church World Service did? That's one part of the question. And then the other one is, what do you think Church World Service should do in the next couple of years? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, I think the, the picture of, of uh, how CWS did over its first 75 years is a very complicated uh, picture. Uh, and, um, and, and I mean, I would, I, I guess I would lean towards saying, you know, if you if certainly if you're looking at it through the lens of of the United States, I would say we didn't do a, a very good job at all. I think mm-hmm. you know, we probably CWS probably had a failing grade, mm-hmm. uh, and but but then you have to take into consideration that you know in terms of CWS, in terms of its sort of the the essence of the organization initially was focused on. Um, events outside of the US, not focused on events within. Uh, CWS didn't start as part of the larger ecumenical movement. Um, It started off as a grassroots movement, um, faith-based, but it wasn't really sort of ecumenical in the sense that it was um, sort of controlled by the churches. Uh, Eventually that did become uh, its reality. And so uh, when CWS became part of the National Council of Churches, mm-hmm. um, there was a divide uh, that was made. And so CWS was still viewed as having expertise beyond the U.S. Uh, and wasn't looked to um, as an entity that would address racial injustice in the United States as a case in point um, or poverty in the U.S. as a case in point. Um, its its focus was really outside of the U.S. Uh, and and the National Council of Churches created a, a division uh, within its body that focused on racial justice, uh, and and I think was was very effective. Um, and unfortunately, um, it it its own history. Um, was um, was not uh, able to to fully develop and mature, uh, and um, in in part because it it was beginning to sort of evolve around a particular personality who unfortunately died at a very young age. Uh, so um, and 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 it was difficult for the organization to sort of pick that back up and and really run with it. But I but I think you know if you look at CWS in the context of being part of the National Council of Churches, you you would say, well, in that sense, yes. CWS was effective, uh, but uh, but not if you really sort of look at CWS 
uh, as its own entity. And I certainly recall that when I started as the executive in, in, in CWS, um, I did have occasion to meet with leaders of uh, several of the historic uh, Black or African-American churches mm. uh, who expressed to me in no uncertain terms that um, historically they had a lot of issues with CWS uh, because they felt that this organization did not take a stand mm. uh, uh, for racial justice. So, um, uh, so we had to begin a process of, of trying to sort of correct um, that. It wasn't about sort of correcting a perception. It was, it was really about mm. looking at the ways in which uh, CWS could, in fact, uh, begin to address the issue of, of racial inequities uh, that existed. And not only uh, in the United States, but to, to look at it through the global lens, which was really sort of more of the expertise that CWS had. Uh, and um, so it, it's, it's it, clearly, it's a very mixed picture. And, and I, I think it's, you know, when we sort of look at the history of the organization, I think even if you look at what Ron Senning uh, wrote in his 50 years, and then you look at what will be written about these last 25 years, you probably won't see a lot of attention focused on uh, on CWS in, in mm-hmm. terms of uh, its its stance. But but you know there were there certainly were times in which CWS did take a big big stance, and one of them was around the black the the uh, the burning of black churches. Um, and uh, you know that was in sort of in sort of the the within the first uh, uh, four years of uh, the transition from beyond the 50th anniversary. You know, I mean that was, you know, it it, it uh, fortunately um, the leadership at that time came up with a very creative way uh, to make it possible for CWS to raise money mm-hmm. uh, that could be um, put into the care um, of um, African-American churches mm-hmm. uh, to counteract um, uh, the intentional burning of churches by white supremacists. So, mm-hmm. so that's something that we would certainly point to as, as a very important moment. A, a second is, of course, the strong stance that CWS took with respect to the apartheid movement in South Africa. Uh, and, um, you know, you, when you, you know, think about, um, you know, uh, the you know person larger personalities like you know um, Nelson Mandela and Desmond Tutu and, and others I mean they they definitely knew churchful service mm. uh, and um, and appreciated um, how strong uh, the stance of CWS was uh, so it wasn't just the National Council of Churches it was a it was a CWS stance uh, addressing uh, what was uh, uh, racial injustice. Uh, in 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 that uh, part of, of the continent of Africa, so so it, it's a it's sort of a mixed picture in in that sense. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're talking about um, you know the future, I think CWS um, uh, has to really uh, sink its heels uh, mm-hmm. in into. Uh, addressing uh, the issue of racism uh, in the United States. Uh, in, in many ways, you know, I mean, uh, I certainly found myself uh, in many ways over the years saying that if, C- if CWS can't um, help to solve the problem of hunger and poverty in the United States, um, given all of the resources that 
that exist uh, within, within uh, the US, then how could we possibly accomplish that uh, in other countries where you don't have you know, those, those resources uh, as readily available? Uh, and, and so I, I, I think um, uh, in, in many ways, the same thing applies around, around racism. You know, that uh, you can't go around the world and tell uh, people in those countries that, you know, that they are um, practicing, you know, racist behaviors because racism exists all over the world. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a U.S. phenomenon. <laughs> racism exists mm -hmm. all over the world. You, I mean, you can't go around telling everybody that, you know, that this, that this is, uh, this is an, an injustice and you've got mm -hmm. to solve it um, if you're not willing um, or you haven't demonstrated that you have the ability to address that in your own backyard. And, and as much as, as I and I'm sure you know, others, um, not only in this sort of moment in history, but um, over the course of our 75 years have wanted to speak about CWS as a global organization, mm. um, the reality is, is that our initial route um, is deep in the United States. Mm. Um, I mean, most of the churches uh, that that form the base of CWS or have formed the base of CWS are U.S.-based churches. You know, uh, and so, so I, I think it, I think I think there really is an imperative for the organization uh, to really uh, uh, become much more involved uh, in the issue of racism in the United States. Uh, and I think that if it does, uh, it'll it'll send a very uh, important signal uh, and uh, uh, to um, the quality of, of its work and its partnerships um, mm -hmm. in other places uh, in which CWS uh, really tries to affect real transformation and change. came up with a, a racial justice platform right so so it is definitely now one of the very important pillars of of, of the work and we try to uh, to mainstream that I don't know if that's the right word within this but you know to to ensure whatever we do we keep that in mind you know the NGO sector also has been criticized Yes, you know, um, you have given aid out, but uh, you did nothing to change the power structures. So you have maintained colonialism, etc. You know those type of things. Um, so where you, where you again, my 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 question is: if you reflect there on on CWS seventy five years, um, you know, how did we do? What what is the what is the grade that you would give us in terms of how we approach this? I'm very much aware of the fact that, um, you know, there is a sort of a prevailing public perception of, of NGOs uh, and um, in terms of their effectiveness around the world. And, and I think while people certainly would have higher expectations or hopes, um, I would say as a collective, um, I think, uh, you know the NGO community has has made a uh, has made a viable you know contribution. I think it's limited, but it's but I think it has made a viable contribution and certainly um, has demonstrated um, 
effectiveness uh, in in critical areas, and you know, oftentimes it comes down to to the common denominator of of an individual or an individual family. You know, so I mean, when you're asking, you know, how how did an agency do um, in relationship to um, affecting real change? Uh, a lot of it has to do with with how that individual or that family who is who has benefited from from that help. You know, so clearly there will be those who would say, absolutely, it was, it, it played a profound role uh, and changed the quality of my life and the future um, for myself and, and for my family and maybe for my community. Uh, and then you'll find others that say, well, it was sort of okay, but it didn't necessarily um, reach my expectations. Um, I think there's a, there is a variable in terms of how NGOs do uh, um, I mean, there. One of the things that I, I think I've learned over over time is that is that it's difficult for NGOs to claim that, you know, you know, when they say you know they're working with a particular community or they're working with a particular partner, to be able to say that they're the only ones working with that community or they're the only ones working with that partner. Uh, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of sharing uh, that <laughs> takes place. Uh, but um, but there are but there is a there there is a difference in terms of in terms of the methodologies. Um, there are a lot of um, NGOs that CWS as an organization I don't think has ever gone into any situation uh, you know with the mindset that uh, we see ourselves as being there permanently. Uh, but um, CWS has gone in with the mindset that says. Um, that if we have to, if we have to really be involved in the situation for decades, we're prepared to do that mm-hmm. uh, in order to make sure that there really is change. Uh, and and part of the change, uh, which is another one of the things that I think I'm very very proud of about CWS mm-hmm. is that uh, is that uh, we're very intentional about um, about the indigenization of of the work. Um, and so. Uh, it's not an organization that is going to send a lot of expatriates into um, and, and sort of make that a, the prevailing characteristic of the organization's presence. Um, the intent is, okay, if, if, if you go into a situation and you don't immediately identify uh, people or an organization, local organization that can, can, can carry out the work, well, okay, then you set up an infrastructure you know, that can do it. But in the meantime, you begin an intentional process mm. um, of, of, of identifying and training uh, local talent mm. um, and putting them into positions of leadership uh, so that in time, um, that's part of the transformation that takes place, that in time, it really does become, mm. or, or it, it feels like it's an indigenous organization that may still carry the name CWS, mm. but, but in for all practical purposes, it really is an indigenous organization. Um, and so I like to say that CWS is, is an intensely indigenous organization mm-hmm. uh, that, uh, you know, wherever you go around the world, you're going, to, you're going to see the evidence of that. And I think that's something that, you know, that uh, we um, can feel very, very proud of. Uh, and I think that's one of the things that really distinguishes CWS uh, mm-hmm. from a lot of other organizations, frankly, mm-hmm. you know, I can't say that I've studied all of them, but I, but I, well, I would say that my impression is that CWS is really quite different 
Um, and so on that score, I, I would say, I would say, you know, CWS is probably an A grade <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, because I think it's been very intentional, and I think, uh, you know, we've been very very successful at it. At the same time, you know, when you when you talk about changing power structures, um, again, you know, I think a, a number of organizations um, sort of go into uh, places where there is uh, injustice, which is unfolding, and mm-hmm. and um, certainly you know want to uh, bring aid uh, of some sort uh, and and have an impact, uh, but there aren't a lot of organizations that are willing to really speak truth to power. And CWS, in fact, is an organization that's willing to speak truth to power. Uh, and and that, it, that can be a very scary thing to do uh, because, you know, I mean, who, you know, I mean, if, if, that, if, if the powers that exist within um, a, a country um, choose to view CWS as an American organization, then they, you know, they would say, but well, who are you? You know, by what authority do you come in here and, and try to tell us how to conduct our business? You know? um, and so uh, I think part of the, the success of CWS um, uh, positing itself is a more indigenous organization. Its ability to partner with local organizations uh, gives, has given it um, uh, credence uh, to be able to speak uh, to authorities. Uh, within uh, countries where we believe that those authorities, um, frankly, are part um, of 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 what has created injustice within within a given society, uh, and and so in this case, I think there are there are many many um, uh, uh, contexts uh, in which I think CWS has been incredibly effective, uh, and. Um, you know, so you, you certainly, again, you know, can look at, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, earlier in terms of the apartheid movement and, and, and CWS speaking uh, uh, true to power in, in that situation. I think CWS um, have an extraordinarily high grade uh, in terms of in terms of how we have really worked uh, to uh, affect change and and um, you know I'm very proud of the work that we've done with respect to Cuba and trying to help improve relations between uh, you know the Cuba and the United States. It's a very complicated uh, issue, but you know uh, getting the leaders of, of those countries uh, uh, in to talk with each other and, and it doesn't mean all the problems are solved, but, but you know, clearly the pendulum has, has moved uh, uh, in a positive direction. And, and uh, so I, I think there are a variety of settings in which uh, we have had a very, very positive impact. Mm. Yeah, th- thanks for, for I, I think, uh, yeah, there was a lot to digest for, for, for the listeners and I, John, what I often say in terms of the work of CWS, and I think that that is important, you know, you used words in terms of uh, partnerships, uh, empowerment. Um, I always say, you know, Church World Service tries to create choice, voice, and agency. 
So, so you know, then you work on sustainable solutions. Mm-hmm. And you see that, um, I, I think, in the countries where we have worked, if we decide to go in, we are there for the long run. Um, and then you you highlighted indigenization, and that's also true. You know, we have, I think, SSID in, in Dominican Republic is a good example. It was Church World Service before. is now its own organization. Like, you know, in Bangladesh, the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we have examples, different ways of... of um, how we, you know, kind of ensured that um, it went beyond, uh, you know, a couple of expats that are trying to do something. No, it is partnerships and and uh, looking at context, really trying to make a sustainable uh, solution and, and uh, a better future. So, um, and making hard choices, you know, yeah. you know, we can look at uh, at Iraq uh, and. Um, you know, um, we we took mm-hmm. a very strong position uh, standing mm-hmm. with Christian churches in Iraq mm-hmm. uh, prior to the fall of, of Saddam Hussein and, and um, the U.S. and Iraq were on the verge of war. I mean, we, CWS, we were part of a of a of a peace effort uh, mm-hmm. to try to to try to avert the war. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean, it you know, it, it we were not successful in terms of that, but we were <laughs> we certainly got incredibly close. To help um, uh, that government to see uh, that uh, there could be an alternative uh, to the way in which um, uh, the dynamic between the two countries was unf- was unfolding, and mm-hmm. and uh, and then when it, sort of following the major part of uh, of of that conflict, um, uh, deciding you know how to be a constructive participant uh, in in. The delivery of humanitarian assistance, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in ways that would not compromise our values as as an organization, or confuse the people um, that uh, were uh, our historic partners uh, within Iraq. A lot of things in there. There are a lot of things that have unfolded over the course of our our history that I think um, uh, speak very very well to CWS, and I think distinguish the organization uh, in many ways, um, so that. Uh, it, w- it would be unfair to sort of paint all NGOs with the with the, with the same brush uh, because uh, because there there is a difference. Thanks, John. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it for for yeah your willingness to to talk with me today. So um, yeah, all the best. All right, thank you, and uh, all the best to to you and and to your colleagues in CWS. Uh, I'll certainly be amongst, uh, I'll, I'll be in the forefront of those that'll be cheering you on. So, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, the hotline you can call if you, if you have complaints, right? <laughs> <laughs> no complaints, no complaints. <laughs> thanks, my friend. Hey, thanks. Bye bye. Do you see you? Do you see me? Will you be the eye? So that we all can be. Thank you for listening to Walk, Talk, Listen. Please check us out on 100mile.org or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you want to know more about Churchful Service, please go to cwsglobal.org.